Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Today, we're going to be looking at Pentecost. And Pentecost, what what it is, we're going to read it in a little bit. So it's the coming of the Holy Spirit, and there is fire and there is noise. And that had both. And so when you think about Pentecost, that's what I want you thinking about. I want you to be thinking about the launch of the Christian church. Because that's what it was. And, and it was really probably just that short. That, that it wasn't necessarily, if you think this went on for hours or whatever, it didn't. It, it, when you look at that, it, it's a relatively short period of time. But there's much more to it than that. I had the opportunity 28 years ago, is it now? Something like that. That I had uh, my practice year was in Orlando, Florida. So I was one year underneath another pastor learning to be a pastor. And we had a number of our people at church who worked at Cape Canaveral. And so when there was going to be a launch they said, hey, what would you think about coming over and watching it on base? I'm like, yes, sign me up. So we, we had to get up. It was a morning launch. We ended up get, leaving at like 3 a.m. to get there because you have to go through security and you're on base and there's everything like that. And then you're there for, for hours waiting for the launch. And, and finally, when that happens, there's such anticipation. It, it's just, when you watch it, it is... It's incredible. And even watching the videos of it, I, can, I watched that video at least five times uh, as I was watching it again and again. It, there's something about it, and I think it is the noise and the fire and all of that that kind of captures your attention. But the thing about it that, that was even more amazing to me is that if you were to look at what happens in the launch... There are so many things that have happened before the launch, and then there are so many things that happen after the launch that really you need to take time to consider if you're going to appreciate the beauty of what's happening to to be able to go and do that. And so there were a number of times we went to Kennedy Space Center and just watched all of the different things that that take place. And, And NASA started, what year was that, 1958, I think? And, and so during that process, if you watch movies like The Right Stuff, and it's an old movie, if you've ever heard of it, go, go Google it. Anyways, but it's the story of the guys who started as astronauts, but even before that, when they started just in planes, when they did things like broke the sound barrier for the first time, there were so many things. And, and you realize that your cell phone was, is more advanced than any computer they had. And when you look at the, the individuals as they're, they're trying to do calculations, they're using slide rules. There, there's a bunch of guys doing the calculations with slide rules, making, Google that too, what a slide rule is, and, and trying to, to make sure their calculations are the same. And, and so what you see is that NASA has like 1,800 employees, $21 billion budget annually. It's crazy. 
It, it's a ton of money and a, and a ton of investment. And when you just look at the history of flight and, and how it has slowly grown to get to a point where, where at that moment you have that launch, which lasts, that video was a minute long, and the first 25 seconds of it were countdown. And then finally, once the launch takes place, it, it launches and then it's gone. And, and it's the same way. The reason why I use that is the Christian church is very much the same way. That we're going to be looking at the launch day that, that we look back and, and think, man, that must have been really cool. And what it was was the, the disciples were gathered around. It was 10 days since Jesus had left. He left on ascension. 10 days later was Pentecost. This is 50 days after Easter. And they're gathered together at one place. And all of a sudden you hear the noise, the, the sound of a rushing wind. It was a tornado, tornado sound. It sounded like a freight train. And, and that noise, when, when the people heard it, just like if you live in Florida and you forget that there's going to be a launch, you remember immediately when there's a launch, even if you live 50 miles away. You know there's a launch, and you see it. Maybe you've seen them here too, and ones that where they launch, ones in California, that you'll see it at night. One night, I remember looking, going, oh my gosh, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> this is great. No, just a launch. And, and so there, there's, there's that, and then all of the things that, that follow as a result. And as we look at this, this is important because in the Christian church, what we are going to see is that going back to the beginning of time and the promises made to Adam and Eve, that from that moment, the countdown was set. The countdown was set not only for the birth of Jesus, not only for the death of Jesus, not only for the resurrection of Jesus, not only for the ascension of Jesus, but for the launch the big launch, the launch of the Holy Spirit, that as we take all of these things that, that we were doing, all of this work that was being done, that was being pointed ahead, there was always one big purpose. And that purpose was to take this message to the entire world so that all could be saved. Every single person, every single person be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that's why we're here today. And that's what we celebrate today as we see that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to ruin it, but I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit continues to launch today. Today is launch day. Every day is launch day. And we'll see exactly how that happens. So where we start is in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, there's three verses that I'm going to start with. Not all of them are from Acts, but I, but I think it's important to bring these three verses together so that when we look at the, the power of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit empowers us, and how the Holy Spirit launches, that we need to understand the way that that happens. And so, first of all, it's Acts 2, verse 1. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. First of all, the word Pentecost. Penta, you're going to see the word five, or it's five, penta, like a pentagon is five-sided. And, and so Pentecost is 50. 
And as I already said, this was 50 days after Easter, but this was already a holiday for the Jewish people. Pentecost was the equivalent of our Thanksgiving. It was a harvest festival. And as you consider that, that this idea that it was a harvest festival and the idea of Thanksgiving that time of year, I think it's important that we don't lose the, the beauty of that and the nuance of it being that day. Because it was Jesus, as he walked with his disciples, and he saw the people around him, that he said, look at the fields. The fields are white for harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out workers into his harvest field. And so Jesus used that analogy of of what it is like to, to live in a world that needs the gospel, that you look around and the harvest is people, people who desperately need Jesus Christ, and they are everywhere. The the problem is not the need. The problem are the individuals having enough individuals to go all those places, to share all this, to go out into the world. And now on Pentecost, the harvest time that God is saying, now the Holy Spirit is coming. This is how we are going to launch into the world to do this. The final part of that verse is, and they were all together in one place. Together in one place, very important. The next verse we're going to look at, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Do not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching." you can see the connection between the first verse and this verse has to do with this idea of meeting together. Uh, The church was coming together, and it's when the church is together, when the church comes together, is when the Holy Spirit comes and shows up. And that's the promise of Matthew 18, verse 20, the very next verse as well. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Wherever two or three together are gathered together, I'm with them. Let's fill in the blank right away. When God's people gather together around God's word, we can expect that the Holy Spirit is going to show up. Not some of the time, all of the time. That's the promise. As God's people gather together around God's word, God shows up Every single time. Reading a book right now called How to Ruin Your Life. That's the name of the book, How to Ruin Your Life. And what I found out, I'm good at it. It's a book that I'm reading and I'm saying, I'm already doing this stuff. I don't even need to, I could help write this book. But it's called How to Ruin Your Life. And the very first thing that they say that you can do, if you truly want to ruin your life, is to isolate yourself. I want you to think about this for a moment. I I want you to think about, especially people, actors, Hollywood, uh, people who are famous people. The, The second you become famous, let's say like me, People are seeing you in fries all the time. They're saying hi. You can't go anywhere without people saying hello. 
I say that jokingly, but the reality of it is, is I do see people all the time, and it's usually fries. It is where I see them. But when you get to the crazy famous people, now you have to have the paparazzi, right? You have things like TMZ. And what they are doing is they are, are trying to get information on these people. So what has to happen? They have to build these very expensive places and exclusive communities like Beverly Hills or wherever it is, and they have to only be around other famous people. They have to build these, these walls with security guards around their houses so that people leave them alone and they become isolated. And the second you become isolated, the first thing that happens is you get in your own head. The, the narrative starts to play. And maybe even you surround yourself with people, but the people you surround yourself with are people that are only going to tell you what you want to hear. A bunch of yes people. A bunch of people that are clinging on to you like leeches. And, and it is a recipe for destruction. Understand right now that the more and more you isolate yourself, you are setting yourself up for a, a, a ruin and an implosion in your life. But when God's people gather together around God's word, I'm saying that just coming to church, you don't get credit. Just because you're here today, no, you, you, you are not off the hook by any means. This is just the start of it. Because when God's people gather together around God's word, the first thing we become together, we, we become together is accountable that now we are going to be in situations where we tell each other, because we love each other, through the wounds of a friend, you can trust the wounds of a friend, that we are going to, to, to tell people the truth. If you have never had a person tell you, you're talking stupid right now, you don't have a friend. If you do not have someone who has told you, you are wrong, you don't have a friend. Guys, if you have never been complaining about your wife to a friend, and that friend hasn't said, you are so lucky to be married to her, do you have any idea? You're an idiot. You need to get in that car right now, and you need to go home, and you need to apologize to her. You know why? Because you bug me. I'm on her side. I know what you're like. I know your ego. I know the, the stupid stuff you say. And I just put up with it because I'm your friend. That is what it means when God's people gather together around God's word. And then we tell each other, I forgive you and I love you. And I'm not going anywhere because you're my, you're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. I've done Christianity without that before. And it's easy to do, especially as a pastor, because I can't trust you people. I can't trust you because if I tell you my weaknesses, then you might come back after me and say, well, then you shouldn't be our pastor. So, so I'm going to have the cloak of secrecy around me. I'm going to pretend like you don't hear me saying stupid stuff. And I'm going to pretend like you don't see me doing stupid things. Or, I can be honest with you. 
and say, I need to stand beside you and confess my sin, not, every, not only every Sunday, but every day. And when that happens, you know who's at work? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shows up through God's word, through the words of friends, through the words of forgiveness, and brings you closer to God and closer to those around you. That's the beauty of connection, and that's one of the gifts. One of the gifts of the Holy Christian Church, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion, the communion, the coming together of the saints. God's word gathering together, God's people gathering together around God's word and the Holy Spirit showing up. I love Pentecost and I love this truth uh, as it relates to walking the Christian, as we walk through life together on, the, on this wonderful journey we call life. We go on. Again, we're back to Pentecost and get ready, it's launch time. Three, two, one, ignition. We have liftoff. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Such a beautiful thing as we look at the Holy Spirit filling God's people. That in a very tangible way on this day, we see, we see the fire, we hear the sound, and we hear then the talking as well, as they're speaking in different languages. Another verse that, that says the same thing in a little bit different way is from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. It says, now each one of us, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And so this, this word manifestation, the manifest means it's how it shows itself, okay? So, so the way that I would say this, the way that I usually describe it is, if I told you I had the flu, that, that chances are, or if you have ever self-diagnosed yourself as having the flu, it's because it has manifested itself in your body some way. And so what happens is this, is, is that you start, if you have the flu, it can, it can show itself in different ways. There are times when you have the flu and you throw up. There are, are times where you have the flu and might have diarrhea. There are times when you have the flu and might have body aches, that you're just achy. Other times you, you have the flu, you have an upset stomach. Uh, other times you might have a runny nose, you might have a cough. You, there can be, you might just have that where you have brain fog, where you're just like, I can't think, I don't know what the deal is. That is the way that the flu manifests itself. That is the way that a sickness shows itself in your life so you know you have it. And in the same way, when the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life, when you get the flu, it doesn't mean you're going to have all of those things. But if you're going to have the flu, it's going to show itself in some way. 
And in the same way, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, it doesn't necessarily show itself in all of these ways. So don't be, don't be nervous about this. This might be a situation where, where someone might come and say, well, I, I must not have the Holy Spirit because I don't speak in tongues. This never happened to me. That we're, As we're here today, the only noise of the, the, the wind was the space shuttle, and the only tongue of fire was also on the space shuttle. And so, does that mean that the Holy Spirit is not here? And the answer to that is no, because the Holy Spirit manifests itself in many different ways. And it's only on launch day. It was only on this launch day from what we're told. It was a very specific time. This didn't happen every time, but actually this was a very rare time to show the beginning and the launch of the church. In in the blank you can write... The Holy Spirit manifests or shows himself in ways that help us understand God's character and goodness. God's character and goodness. So today as we look at the the Holy Spirit, how does the Holy Spirit show himself today? Well, in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Have you seen any of that today? As you walked in here today, have you, have you seen anyone who gave you a smile? Have you seen anyone that welcomed you? Have you seen anyone here today that, that welcomed you in, in any way or anyone even that's serving All of those are fruits of the Spirit. They're evidence the way that the Holy Spirit shows himself here today. Also, there are gifts of the Spirit. Wisdom, faith, prophecy, teaching, leadership, encouragement, service, worship, discipleship, fellowship. Those are just some of them. Have you heard God's word today? Have you heard that that Jesus loves you and your sins are forgiven through his payment on the cross? All of those are ways that the Holy Spirit today shows himself. It's, it's through the gospel, through, through the good news of Jesus Christ. It's important for us to remember that because I think we all want the space shuttle launch. That would be ideal every day, saying, all right, now I know the Holy Spirit is with me. But there was a time when Elijah was told, he, he was done he was done with ministry. He, and the reason why is he saw no evidence of the Holy Spirit. That he saw no evidence in the people's lives that anyone believed in God. And so what happened is God, he ran away and he went to actually Mount Sinai, same place where the Ten Commandments were given, just years later. And the Lord told him, Elijah, what are you doing here? And he said, no one's following the Lord. They, they're not serving you. They're following other gods. I'm the only one who's left. And then the Lord told him, go outside. And we were told that there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. Then there was a fire, but God was not in the fire. There was a mighty wind like a tornado, but God wasn't in the tornado. And then there was a gentle whisper. And Elijah put his cloak over his head because he knew the Lord was there. The Holy Spirit comes in many different ways. And on Pentecost, he came with tongues of fire and and the sound of the rushing wind. 
And today he continues to come, sometimes in whispers, sometimes with a lot of fanfare and a lot of noise. But when God's people gather together around God's word, the Holy Spirit shows up every time. The next verse. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. There were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Now there were staying in Levine, God-fearing Christians from every nation under heaven. I mentioned this already a, a message ago, and that is God tells us to go to the world, but the reality of it is, is the world is coming to us. The world is coming to us in so many different ways. And the message is clear. You can fill in the blank. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to keep our eyes open for the opportunities God puts in front of us to reach all nations. But here's what I'm finding. For the people that are coming to us from all nations, this is is a strange thing that I'm seeing. And that is the people that are coming from nations that we might consider non-Christian nations, they are actually coming back to us as Christians. And so what I'm finding is that it is not only a an opportunity to reach out to all nations, but it's also an opportunity to the church of our generation to be enriched by other nations as well. And when I talk about being enriched, I'm not talking about wealth in any way. I'm not talking about money. What they bring is so much more valuable than that. A point of view, a value of the gospel, a willingness and a wanting to come here to, to celebrate a Christian faith. And they have so many things to teach us about what is important. I do a lot of reading. And, and one of the, the, the things that I was reading, it was about dealing with the poor and, and helping people. And, it, and the writer said, every American Christian church, every one, has been influenced and led astray by the success gospel. And I believe it's true. And I believe it's true at Crosswalk. I think in, in many ways we confuse the blessing that God gives us in Jesus Christ and the ridiculous way that he has blessed us financially. It is ridiculous Com- compared to other nations, what we consider poor, what we consider middle class, what we consider just making it on our budget, we have things to learn from other nations as as individuals come here as well and and we continue to grow together. It's this give and take in faith and, and thank God for it that we live in a generation where we can celebrate it. The next portion is Acts 2, 6 to 8. So when they heard the sound... So the sound, we, they have their attention. They came together in bewilderment. So these people heard the noise. They start coming. What's going on? Because each one heard their own language being spoken. So now they all of a sudden recognize the sound of the voices as well. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each one of us hears in our own native language? And so you have, it's not just Peter, it, it's a number of disciples who are able to do this, reaching many different people. Let's do the fill-ins right away. The Holy Spirit empowers his people. 
The Holy Spirit empowers you. And this is what the Holy Spirit empowers us by giving. The first one is the Holy Spirit gives you a stage. This is literally a stage for me. So, so through my calling as a pastor, I have a stage that I have to be here, uh, that I get to be here every week, and I get to share the good news of Jesus with you. But you have a stage too. And the stage is your life. It's the place where you go, where you have an opportunity to speak, where others listen, where I could never go. That you go places, you have credibility that if I went and they heard I was a pastor, they would never listen to a word I said. You have a stage. Open your eyes to see it. Where are those in your life? The next thing, very close to that, is you have an audience. You have an audience. And next to that, I usually write... Fran, friends, relatives, and neighbors. Friends, relatives, and neighbors. People that you rub elbows with. People that you know, that you talk to, that you have influence in their life, that you have an opportunity to have conversations with them, deep conversations and friendships. That is the audience. Next, we have a message. I already alluded to that when I talked about not being alone, not being in isolation. That same type of message, it's a message of sin and grace, of of sin and forgiveness. It's a message of Jesus Christ and God's great love. It's a message of repentance, turning from sin and turning to God where there is forgiveness. And above all, it's a message of love, telling them, letting them know that God loves them. And the final thing God has given you is ability. Ability. Reading another good book called Doing Church as a Team. And one of the things that the book says, the writer says, is that everyone is a 10 at something. There is something that you are unbelievably better at than me. And I have a pretty good idea of what those might be because I know what my weaknesses are, but every person here, do you believe that? that? That if I were to ask you, what are you a 10 at? What are you like incredibly good at? If you don't know that, you got to find it out. You, you need to talk about those who, you're, those who are friends, family members, those who are close to you. Find what you are good at, what you are best at, what you love doing. You're probably so good at it, you don't even realize it, it's a thing. That you just know that's just kind of the way I am. That is how the Holy Spirit has empowered you with a stage, with an audience, with a message, and with ability to use it. That is what Pentecost is all about and how Pentecost continues to, to live on today. We go next to 8 to 11. Then, then how is it that each of us hear our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God. Hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. In the blank, you can write... The Holy Spirit works supernaturally on Pentecost, but it was really just communication of the gospel. That's all that it was. 
The most impressive part was, was not necessarily the, the, the sound or the fire or even the speaking in tongues. The miraculous part through which the Holy Spirit continued to work was the preaching of the wonders of God, the good news of Jesus. And I think I have a picture of a map. Just I know those names of those places don't mean anything to you. But when you look at them in, in terms of this map, notice Mesopotamia, Parthia, Midia, Elamites, all of that over to the right, straight up Pontus, Pontus, Cappadocia, Pamphylia, Phrygia, Asia, Crete, Cyrene, Egypt, Judea, Arabia. Do you see how God has it covered? That as, as Luke was writing this and, and talking about all the different nations, he is saying there is not any place in the known world that there were not people from at this place. And the reason, and remember, Luke is the one who investigated this. Luke is the one who talked to all these individuals and, and they said, yeah, we were there. We were there on that day and we heard these people speaking in our own language and that's how we know about the wonders of God and the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit working throughout the world to communicate the gospel. In our final reading, is Acts 1 verse 12. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Oh, that's a great Lutheran question. What does this mean? Martin Luther loved that question. Uh, And whenever he would read anything from God's word, he would always ask, what does this mean? Here's what it means. In the blank, he can write, Pentecost means that God shares the good news of love and forgiveness to the entire world. This means that God shares the good news of love and forgiveness to the entire world. And this is what it means at Crosswalk. Right now in Midtown, we are having weekly services, but we have not advertised the services to the community yet. We are setting a date, and the date is going to be the first Sunday of August when we are going to launch the mission in Midtown. So what is happening right now is all of this time getting ready, making sure that we are ready for guests so that when we do advertising and we reach out, everything is as uh, orderly as we can have it. And then there will be the launch. That's going to be the big day. That's going to be the big splash. That's going to be the time when we get the attention of the community uh, through mailings and, and signage and things like that to say, we're here. We're here and we're here to to speak your language, to speak to you, to meet you where you are with the good news of Jesus. This is happening in Levine as well. That right now we're, we're in a process where we have bought land, that we are in a process where we are continuing to raise funds and groundwork is being done for a new building that is going to be a landmark a lighthouse, end day, launch pad. Those are the three L's, launch pad. So when you think about it, Crosswalk Levine is going to look very similar to Cape Canaveral, that you're going to see the the launches uh, happening all of the time. But but here is, is the most important part of this. 
that when you think of, of the work of the Holy Spirit and you look and, and you think about this picture, the launch as a picture of Pentecost, who are you? You are the shuttle. You're the shuttle. The Holy Spirit will propel you. He's the fuel. He's the rockets that's pushing you. The noise that comes as a result of it. All the power coming from the Holy Spirit. But make no mistake about it. You are the shuttle. You need to get yourself on a launch pad. That's the stage from which God will launch you wherever you are going. And that launch might be a very short one. Just over to your neighbor's house. But it might take that much rocket engine to get you there to get you moving, to make you, you realize that. And I love the picture of the shuttle as, as, as an example for your life and mine as well. You know why? Because the shuttles were used again and again. That the shuttles would launch, they would come back, they would be fixed up again, they would get ready for launch and they would send them back. Please, 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 please receive the message of Pentecost. And that is that God empowers you. That God is in your life, at work in you through the power of the gospel. Don't doubt it for a moment. As you think about the times when you confess your sin, the forgiveness, the joy, the peace, patience, love you have and experience, and and that you battle with your sinful nature against all of the time, that is proof that the Holy Spirit continues to work today and empowers you through his power to take his message to the world that needs it. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the miracle of Pentecost. We thank you that you got the attention of the early Christian church with with the sound of the rushing wind and and the tongues of fire. And Lord, each one of those, the the sound reminds us like a freight train uh, how incredibly powerful you are. And Lord, the fire reminds us of, of just like a fire, of, of how powerful it is and how useful it is and how consuming it is. Lord, let us have your power in our lives. We don't control it, but we do harness it, Lord. We, do, we, we, we hold on to you tightly and we use this and, and, and grow in this every single day of our lives. Help every person here to see themselves as a shuttle that is powered by you, that is launched into the world to specific people that you have in mind for us to share the gospel with. Lord, we can't do this alone, so we pray that you continue to empower us through your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. All right, it's launch day. And uh, now is the three, two, one. You can go. It is, it is time you go from here and be launched in the world. But do not, oh my goodness, do not go by yourself. Uh, go with the Lord's blessing and his promises. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.